Hey, welcome back to Practice Makes Faithful. We're in kind of a, a special two-week series, sort yes, of. Sir, we're using yeah. that um, <laughs> word lightly. We, yep. We've got these two messages that are uh, connected in our thinking for certain, and, and maybe I should explain that for you all. We're, we're doing this, we're recording this actually right before Palm Sunday. Yes. Uh, but this episode will be released on the heels of Palm Sunday, right, Palm Sunday, right during Paul Sunday. <laughs> Wow. I, oh, wow. I changed Your special that Sunday? <laughs> somehow. It's like a Freudian slip. Yes, Freudian slip. It yeah. is not Paul Sunday, yeah. but Palm Sunday. Um, and so this, this episode will be released right in the mid, middle of Easter week. And so we're hoping that this is a, a great follow-up for those folks who are connected here at Grace Chapel, but then also for those of you who just happen to tune in, continue to uh, enjoy people reaching out, mm-hmm, letting me know mm-hmm. that they listen to a particular episode, and hopefully uh, tuning into this one as well, as, as we will be talking about some of the events connected to Palm Sunday. And so that's, that's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, most of our folks around here are going to be on spring break. So maybe this is a great kind of on the road traveling yeah. Uh, yeah. content for you guys as well. And so to keep kind of the, the thoughts flowing, we're doing a lot of special things here at Easter mm-hmm. week as mm-hmm. we are uh, publishing some devotions, uh, yep. devotional thoughts throughout the week that uh, one of our members, Deborah Stevens, who is an author and connected with Renew, mm-hmm. writes for Renew as well. Uh, has, has been publishing. In fact, she's been woo, knocking my computer around too. Uh, she's been publishing those throughout uh, this period of time that is often referred to as Lent, the 40 days leading up to Easter. Yep. And yep. so those have been on our social media accounts. And, and I know a lot of people have been following along with those. Then Thursday evening, which will be tomorrow evening, if you're listening to this on the day that releases, we've got a devotional that we're putting out for mm-hmm. uh, a communion and kind of hymn service that is part yep. of our tradition here at Grace Chapel over the last several years, uh, and we'll be pushing that out as well. Uh, we really just hope that this is a, a great week as we then mm-hmm. come back mm-hmm. on Amen. Sunday, this April 9th, and celebrate Easter together with a sunrise service, uh, with a worship gathering here uh, in the building, and then uh, you know a lot of fun afterwards with an egg hunt and all that yes. stuff. And so just well, a I'm, really fun week for us, but, but a meaningful week yeah. as well. So a lot of time connecting with each other uh, even if we're not going to see each other face to face for for all of yeah, it, so. yeah. Well, and today's podcast is a little different because it is. I will be sharing the message That's right. this week. Yes. So Paul is hosting it today, kicking things off. I'll be sharing this message on Palm Sunday, and we're probably going to the flow will probably feel a little bit different because yeah. we're doing this pre message. Like we yes. said, we've got yes. you're going to be out of town for spring break next That's week right. down yeah. in Florida, right? Yes, that's correct. Good yeah. times. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Look, looking forward to. Uh, yeah, we're going to have our own Palm Sunday as we'll be down there in the midst of the palm trees on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, clever, was yeah. it? Okay, yeah, yeah okay. It's better than Paul Sunday, let's be honest. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I'm full of the, the dad jokes and the accidental Freudian slips this morning. Um, yeah, we thought we would have some fun. Great podcast today. Yeah, great podcast. We thought we would have some fun as we uh, as we kick this episode off. Mm-hmm. Um, ben, you're familiar with, with ChatGPT, right? I am. Okay. I am. Chat some GPT, of our listeners may not be. Some though. of our listeners may not be. So I kind of want to explain this. You know, we're living in a crazy age where uh, artificial intelligence has just taken a giant leap. And, and it's crazy and it's a little bit scary. In fact, I was reading an article last night, uh, totally off subject. Well, maybe not. So, somewhat connected about you know, Elon Musk and one of the co-founders of Apple, uh, you know, being the signers on this agreement saying, hey, we don't want to push AI anywhere beyond it where it currently is for the next, let's take a six month moratorium so we can consider the ethical implications of this. Cause it is big. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt. So 
ChatGPT yeah. is this uh, creative artificial intelligence, which is like Google on steroids, basically. You can ask it a question um, and it'll spit out an answer, sometimes very detailed answers. And you've got to be very, uh, very wise about how you ask a question, because if you ask an open-ended question, it could come back to you with anything, really. Mm -hmm. um, and it, uh, even though people will say, well, it doesn't have opinions, it tends to embrace opinions of those who created it um, at, at first, unless you start to really box things in. So anyway, here's what we're doing now. Now you understand, <laughs> at least to some degree, and you're probably gonna have to go research it some more if you really wanna understand fully what uh, ChatGPT Chat is. But anyway, this creative artificial intelligence that is able to really provide you with uh, interesting answers sometimes to questions. So we thought uh, that we would begin this morning by asking ChatGPT to give us 10 interesting points about Easter week that could be great for a podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? So I've not read these yet. So, so Bennett, is... yeah, Ben has not read these. Yes. Um, I, you know, I did this search earlier and I, I did I did read through these and it's it, they are interesting points. Some of them are actually quite comical, uh, where others of them are, are meaningful. And so yeah. we're gonna go, we're gonna span the spectrum between comical or maybe strange uh, and, and maybe and meaningful as we kind of walk through If you hear these. one of these points show up in my message <clears throat> this week, you'll know where it all came from. That's, a, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, number nine, Ben, may have to show up in your message just because it is so strange. Maybe maybe not. Maybe it won't. Uh, but, uh, but at any rate, so, all right. So, ten interesting points about Easter that could be great for a podcast. Here they are according to Artificial Intelligence Chat GPT. So, the first one. Easter is the most important Christian holiday of the year, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus three days after his crucifixion on Good Friday. So that's interesting. That. To, yeah, yeah, be on board for that. That, that chat GPT says this is the most important Christian holiday of the year. And some people would say, well, I don't think Christmas might be. But, you know, it's, it's really we hang our, our faith on the resurrection of Jesus yeah, Christ yeah. on an empty tomb. Um, certainly, we also hang our faith on you know the virgin birth of the Messiah, the Anointed One, mm -hmm. um, on, on in, in, you know breaking into history uh, as we've talked about many times, you know in the form of a, a baby born in a manger, and and so we we very much would you know say yes to both. But yeah. if if you were to ask me which do I think is most important, uh, it's you know it's Easter where we yeah. celebrate the resurrected Lord, the empty tomb, death yeah. defeated. Even culturally, I think Easter has a higher place maybe in within Christianity yeah. than Christmas does at times. Yeah. Christmas can so get drowned out by the, 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 uh, the theological meaning behind Christmas yeah. can get yeah. drowned out by the cultural Christmas. Yes. How commercialized things have become. Easter yeah. doesn't have that to the same level. Right. You got the bunny, you got yes. peeps, I mean, sure. But most of the time those are complimentary they're they're like they're not superseding the resurrection yes. in the way i think most people think about easter right um i'm sure there's some yes. who totally celebrate it secular just a start of spring but it's less common than, i think i think you're right than about christmas that. i think yeah i also love that you mentioned peeps which is by the way a very favorite Easter candy of mine, uh, that, that yeah. you know, that sugar -coated, pro peeps. sugar coated marshmallows. I mean, how much uh, you know, and dye and everything else. I mean, it makes the perfect candy. Peeps are polarizing. Um, peeps You'll are, divide oh, a room with are. some peeps. I know they are. Um, you do know, you go uh, straight out of the package, we're, we're or do you gonna, let them get stale? Uh, straight out of the package. Okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the stale peeps. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we just probably lost about you know 30 followers. I'm only uh, on Team <laughs> Stale. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Team Stale. Yeah. All right, so point two. 
to? Uh, the week leading up to Easter Sunday is known as Holy Week. You know, we, <laughs> we sometimes in our tradition don't refer to it that way, but, 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 but many people do. You know, Holy Week, it, uh, these are the events that, we, that surround the last week of the life mm -hmm. of Jesus mm -hmm. on, on this earth and, you know, uh, move through, you know, the time of his trial, his, his confession of himself as king mm -hmm. when he's asked mm -hmm. the question. Um, his crucifixion, his resurrection, so Holy Week. So some of the things, some of the week's significant events uh, include Palm Sunday, mm -hmm. which we'll be talking about today. One that many in the Restoration Movement may not be as familiar with, Maundy Thursday, which mm -hmm. we may have to explain that in just a bit. And then Good Friday. We're familiar with Good Friday. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting sometimes a lot of people wonder why Good Friday is called Good Friday, but... Um, you know, certainly it's good because it's, it's where we see the goodness of God on display mm -hmm. in the giving of his only son. And so we do celebrate even the death of Jesus as a good thing in that mm -hmm. sense. Uh, Maundy Thursday. Well, um, <clears throat> go ahead. Do you want to say something about that first? Yeah. I was just going to say this, this, I think Holy Week, this has such... Um, such long roots throughout the Christian tradition, but then even before that in the Jewish tradition, yeah. leading up to this, this would have been the yes. Feast of Unleavened Bread That's leading right. up to Passover. So even mm -hmm. when Jesus is entering on Palm Sunday That's with right. his triumphant entry, he's entering into this sacred week, this that's week right. that's been set apart. And when we call it Holy Week, I think that terminology can make some people a little skittish of it. Right. It sounds too liturgical maybe or something. Well, and but it's Paul's I, argument is one day holier than another. I think just the idea yes, on that, and I do use that terminology, yeah. Holy Week myself, and I think just the idea is that it's set apart. If to be holy is to be set apart, this week is a really significant week that we kind of set apart in our calendar yeah. where we're going to really actively remember Jesus. We're going to yes. remember his last week of life because yeah. so so often we forget. We're very forgetful humans That's right. yes. and we need times to remember. This is why we build our calendar like in the secular world, in mm -hmm. the American political world, we have the 4th of July right. because it's this day that we all yes. need to remember our patriotism, our roots. Yeah. Holy week, we all need to remember yeah. Jesus this last week of life. So I uh, I think there's a lot of significance in it. Uh, if you want to call it something different, that's fine. I will argue semantics. But Holy Week, I think, yeah. is significant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it as well. I, I do think your point about, you know, there is this danger um, in, in something becoming too rote. So yeah. if you, you know, and we do. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every Sunday. Um, but, but there's kind of sometimes around Easter, especially around Easter, you know, we even call it Resurrection Sunday as well. Mm -hmm. um, having a day where we bring out, again, the deep truths tied to the resurrection of mm -hmm. Jesus, mm -hmm. even the suffering of Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus, the fulfillment of prophecy and all those things. Um, it, it is special, and sometimes it yeah. can be that thing that just... It, it kind of breaks the calloused edges of our heart, softens those mm -hmm, again, mm -hmm. so that we see, again, the, the power and the resurrection, the power and the crucifixion, all of those yeah. things together. Talk so, to us about Maundy Thursday. You know what? I, I'm going to come back to them because that, that one is actually point four, so I'm going to come back to the Maundy <laughs> Thursday. All right, let's go. All right, so all point, right. point three of interest, according to ChatGPT, is that Palm Sunday marks Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. You were just talking about that. Um, with the cheers from the crowd who waved palm branches in his honor. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we can talk about those palm branches, the significance of that. Do you, are you talking about that in, in the message at all? I don't know how specifically about the palm branches, okay. but we are talking about this this story, right? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be diving diving into this, um, and really this this royal announcement. Like yes. there's 
so much going on in this story that I think we often do miss yeah. that we can so often just see it as kind of this this cute little moment yeah. and Jesus walks into Jerusalem, they throw palm branches, oh, that's adorable. Yes. Um, and I think we can miss that there's a lot happening here. This Agreed. is extremely provocative. This is politically mm -hmm. charged. Even what people are shouting, they're shouting Hosanna, Hosanna which is interesting that for some reason, a lot of our Bibles don't translate Hosanna mm. for us. They just leave it as Hosanna. Uh, and mm -hmm. we're just kind of like, okay, Hosanna, that's a cool little Christian yeah, thing. You... We don't know what that means. Yes. Uh, and it means like, please save us. It means save right. us. So you've got this moment, Jesus, he's entering Jerusalem. People are shouting, save us. Yes. He's on this kingly entry and there's already a king yeah. in Jerusalem. So this is an incredibly politically charged, heated moment of yes. what's going on here, and I think we miss that a lot. Yeah, we'll yeah. Talk even more the about palm branches are significant minutes. in that. You know, as, as the palm branches were laid down, you know, we think about rolling out the red carpet for yeah, someone. They're, yeah, They are taking a regular. Some people road. laid out their robes too. They laid out their robes. Yeah. That's right. So they they were taking just a regular road, and they were changing, in a sense, the momentary pavement of that road. Yeah. In, yeah. in the effort of trying to signify the entrance of a king into the city, you know, yeah. and so yeah, I mean Palm Sunday significance on the donkey as well. We'll, yes. we'll get to that. In a few That's minutes. right. All right. So Monday Thursday, Monday uh, the Thursday. fourth one, number four. Um, here's what ChatGPT says: Monday Thursday commemorates the Last Supper, where Jesus shared a final meal with his disciples and established, uh, you know, the sacrament of Holy Communion. If you want to look at it that way, as a sacrament, we don't often talk about sacraments in, in the Restoration Movement, Churches of Christ in particular. Um, but, the, you know, here are these things that we would believe are sacred, you know, um, these moments that we share that have a, a sacredness and otherworldliness to them, that moment of communion, mm -hmm, certainly, mm -hmm. where we are, as the church, are the body of Christ, where we remember the broken body of Christ, you know, mm -hmm, so there's something mm -hmm. very much sacred to that moment of communion, which is why we don't want our minds all over the place. We're called to actually you know, reflect upon our own lives, reflect upon the life of Jesus. You know, if we, if we do this without contemplation, we could actually eat and drink condemnation, the Apostle Paul says. Mm -hmm. um, no intentional rhyme in condemnation and contemplation. Um, but, but, you know, it does make me sound like a preacher. Um, but, uh, you know, so Maundy Thursday, you know, the word Maundy. Yeah, you know? Maundy is actually about the foot washing. You know, okay, so, okay. Um, you know, in, I think, right. you know, certainly Catholic and maybe even in Orthodox traditions, uh, for, 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 history, for years of history, there has been this tradition of washing the feet of the poor. And this is often done still kind of more in the old world countries. Um, although some sects of Eastern Catholicism, like Asian Catholicism, still do this as well. Um, you know, so an intentional washing of the feet of the poor to signify that Jesus washed the feet of his disciples who were certainly not of equal standing with him as both mm -hmm. their master teacher rabbi and the son of God. And so Jesus lowered himself to wash the feet of his disciples. We ought to, Jesus says, I, I've left this example for you that you ought to do the same. And I think probably in reality, we're supposed to draw parallels out of that example. Um, I don't know, many people, some people think, and there are churches here in the United States that practice foot washing mm -hmm. regularly, mm -hmm. uh, believing that, no, we're to follow the example to a T of washing mm -hmm. each other's mm -hmm. feet. Uh, but, but that word mandi, and I don't know the epistemology or origin of the word mandi, only knowing that it is connected with the, the ceremony, the washing of the feet of the poor. And so that's why we call it Maundy Thursday. Jesus did not just celebrate the Lord's Supper, but as he moved toward 
celebrating that Passover feast that we take the Lord's Supper from, he first washed his disciples' feet by taking out his outer garment, even mm. bowl of water, outer garment, washed their feet. And so that's what Mondi is about. Yeah, well, I don't know much on the, the Maundy Thursday tradition. What I do from that is, is Passover. It is a commemorative mm-hmm. of Passover. Um, Passover is something that's become incredibly significant in mm-hmm. my life in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Starting, I think, in 2019, I believe, was the first like Messianic Passover that yeah. I yeah. participated in. And it... It was a game changer of just mm. unlocking, seeing all this mm-hmm. deep significance on this dinner. And I think there's so much significance mm. that Jesus chooses to teach the meaning of his yeah. death over a dinner. Mm-hmm. Just in that, there's yeah. something significant. Yes. That Jesus wanted to get other senses involved. Like He's helping yep. you understand why he's dying with your taste buds, yes. not just your intellect. Like this is a dinner party, they're getting together doing this, and there's something really significant about it in such this rich history yep. of the the Jewish history, then we layer on this messianic significance. Yes. It's beautiful, something this will be my yes. fifth Passover coming up here. If y'all have any questions about like a Messianic Passover, how to do that, I'd love to talk with you, shoot me an email. But um, it is something that I've found a great significance yeah. in my life. Yeah, in that Jesus taking all this beautiful symbolism and redirecting it to himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, saying all this that you've it's thought so about, good. even the Passover lamb, the lamb whose blood was put on the, you know, the posts of the door, the door frame basically, so that these houses would be passed over as mm-hmm. this judgment is being exacted upon mm-hmm. the firstborn in all of all of Egypt. You know that Jesus is our Passover Lamb. His the, his blood is now on us, not on our door, the doorposts of our houses, but on ourselves. And in that, we're seen. I mean, Colossians says we're we're clothed in Christ. You know, because of that. So so much of that is a carryover. If we miss um, the. Yeah the thousands of years of Jewish history that really add significance mm-hmm. to our celebration of the Lord's Supper, then, then I think we're missing out on some of the deep significance connected with that. Yeah. So, so yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Okay, That's point good. five. Point five, all right. Uh, we've already talked about this a little bit. Good Friday recalls Jesus' crucifixion and death on the cross, a solemn and reflective day for Christians around the world. And, um, you know, yeah. it ought to be that, you mm-hmm. know, and we, we have at times... Um, you know, marked the hours uh, of the day, you mm-hmm. know, nine, mm-hmm. noon, three, um, with the events of that, you know, the crucifixion, uh, the darkness, the actual death of Jesus, and, and had that as times of reflection. And I think that's, there's worth in that. There's a lot of worth mm-hmm. in that saying, man, we believe on a cross nearly 2,000 years ago now, Jesus gave his life right at this, during this season now. We're going to talk about the season in a minute. And, you know, I, I've, I've had people say before, why Why do the Easter dates change all the time? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute too. Um, uh, but, uh, but, you know, during this season, we believe it was during the season. You know, we can't know exactly when Jesus was born, but we have a pretty good idea of when he died mm-hmm. because of connection with the Passover. Mm-hmm. So Good Friday, solemn reflection. Um, uh, number six. Yeah. Here's where here's where things get yeah. kind of fun. Okay. Um, All right. You know, uh, some Christian traditions include, and so now we're going to start to talk about Easter traditions. Some Christian traditions include reenactments of the Passion of Christ during Holy Week, uh, such as the station of stations of the cross or Passion plays. 
I don't know if you've ever been to one of these. I've, I've been to a passion play. I haven't. Before. No, I've heard. I've heard a lot about them. Yeah. Um, but no, I've not been to one yet. I, I've also seen some really intense ones that take place in the Philippines just about every <laughs> year. Um, you know, there was the one guy who I think was uh, uh, as part of this passion play was crucified. Uh, it was like 37 years in a row, and finally decided like, okay, well, I'm not going to make it 38. That's a little extreme. Um, I think 37 times in a row is, is pretty intense, you know. So like, liter like literally, they're, they're enacting this out in the Philippines and in multiple places in the Philippines, they go so far as actually crucifying someone, nailing them to the cross in, in a way that they like will a legitimate nail? survive. Like yes, and, and um, you know, tying themselves to the cross in a way that the nails aren't really bearing the weight, but, uh, but they're really nailing themselves to the cross or having somebody nail them to the cross. Wow. Yeah, so wow. Pr pretty intense in some places in, yeah. their, in, in yeah. their in Easter that's, reenactments. Um, that's wild. Yeah, it is wild. That's wild. So wanting to Ooh. identify with the suffering of Jesus is the idea there, is that yeah. we ought to identify with the suffering of Jesus. I'm, I'm glad that we tend to have a different take uh, on what it means to identify with yeah, the suffering of yeah. Jesus or uh, taking up our cross, denying ourselves and following him doesn't literally mean... Um, volunteering for crucifixion yeah. every year um so i'm not i'm not downplaying <laughs> that or trying to mock that i'm yeah, just saying no, we no, have I mean, that, that's heavy different traditions yeah. uh here than they do in other places and uh but but there is um i think there's a point to where although i think that's going a little far i would argue mm -hmm. uh but there is a point to where other traditions do a good job yeah. at showing of how we do um how we follow Jesus in the suffering, yeah. right? Yeah. Of like, maybe maybe some traditions, like the Catholic tradition, maybe even can overemphasize the suffering at times. But there is this emphasis on that we are to suffer with Jesus. That's yeah. part of our faithful witness. That I think, yes. um, in the face of our consumeristic, individualistic, mm -hmm. I want what I want, have it your way culture here in America. Right. Yes. This message that we are to follow Jesus even in suffering right. as Christians, uh, it's, it's quite countercultural yes. and a message that we do need to hear, right. even if I think that church maybe has taken that a bit too literally in how they're yeah. doing that. Yes. I think more of our testimony and how we witness, but like we, we shouldn't be shocked when we suffer as Christians. Right. And sometimes right. we're a little shocked because we're so comfortable in our culture that when we you lose that job for speaking right. out on something, or t typically in our Western culture, we're not suffering physical persecution, but it is it is a form of persecution oh, yeah. in uh, through our reputation, through our identity and yep. culture. Through like, there are ways that we do get persecuted, and very um, much so. We yeah. can be shocked of that if we don't realize that following Jesus in suffering is also a part of our call. Yeah, j just as a foreshadowing of, of what will be coming uh, later in April, there we message series where I talk about some things that have happened mm -hmm. recently that are real shockers. It's going to be good, y'all. Stay society. tuned for April. So, yes, yeah, stay tuned for April. It's going to be real interesting um, podcasts. We won't tell you everything that's coming yet, but stay tuned. Um, so, all right, number seven. Uh, Easter is also associated with several cultural traditions, such as the Easter Bunny. We know that one. <laughs> Easter eggs and Easter baskets. You know, it's uh, you know a lot of... Kids wake up and, and get their, you know, second dose of candy for the year on the heels of Halloween. You know, so we, we yeah, you got to have you and know, Christmas, the eating like, of lots yeah. of candy and Christmas too. The eating of lots of candy, maybe there needs to be a, a place where that finds itself 
you know, as a fixture in every season of the year. Where do we eat candy in the summer? I don't know. Summer's not a candy. It's not a candy season. It's not a candy season. So it's only fall, winter, spring are our candy season. So, okay. We've officially done that. Someone needs to work on that 4th of July candy bar. 4th of July candy bar. We're slipping, America. Baby Ruth, red, white, and blue. It's it's my favorite candy bar. All right. So the watermelon has the market there. There you go. Watermelon wins out. All right. So, um, you know, Easter, Easter bunny, Easter baskets. Um, and and the, the, the acknowledgement from ChatGPT that these likely have pagan or, origins and became associated with the Christian mm-hmm, holiday over mm-hmm. time, you know, especially the Easter Bunny. Um, uh, how do we say this and keep this fairly PG? I mean, if you've ever heard the saying... Um, Just cover your children's ears. They, it's not PG. You know, no. Uh, you know, breeding like rabbits, reproducing like rabbits, multiplying yeah. like rabbits, you know, rabbits and fertility. There's a reason that rabbits are connected with the idea of fertility. Yeah. The spring, a season of fertility as new things come to life. Okay, we've said enough on that, I think. Um, how about this so, next one? Unless, well, you, unless you got I, no, something no, no, you'd no, like no, to no. comment I need on. To, I, I need to comment right, on Be Paul. careful with your comments here, Ben. PG. Uh, it's not on that. It's not on that. Don't worry. This is okay, very different. PG. It's good, G. Good, good. Uh, one of the things I think of when I think of the Easter Bunny is uh, I was a VeggieTales child. Uh, yes. And uh, the, the for those of you, the VeggieTales people, yes. Okay. The Nebuchadnezzar, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego VeggieTales. The they have the bunny as the idol of Nebuchadnezzar yep. that they're to bow to. And I think uh, I think Phil Vischer in that is trying to is say... saying something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes we might use the bunny to supersede... Yeah. Jesus on Easter. I don't know. I always think of that. The bunny, just for in, in the in the child's mindset. We will not bow to the Almighty Bunny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, don't bow to the bunny. That's this exactly year, right. People, don't bow to the bunny. There you go. Take that. This is good. Wise good, wise words from Ben. All right. Number eight. <laughs> we're rolling along. Um, number yeah, eight. In many parts of the world, Easter is celebrated with special foods and feasts, such as hot cross buns. Uh, I used to play hot cross buns a on a recorder. I don't yep. know what you're talking about. So I don't um, know either. Chat GPT. Easter ham, yes. Yeah. And Easter bread. I don't know what Easter bread is, which oh. must mean it's something not from around on, here. But, GBT? but I would like to know what Easter bread is. Yeah. And and I have to say, I mean, Easter ham, yeah. I'm down with that. I, I enjoy Easter ham, and, and and I know there is even some significance to eating ham on Easter, and I just can't remember what it is. And so, um, send us a comment, drop a comment in uh, the YouTube feed if you know okay, what the so significance of Easter ham is. The, all right, Easter, Easter bread, bread uh, Easter oh, bread in many European countries. Apart. Yeah, it's like yes. a little pull apart bread. It looks like it's got eggs. An in egg it. in the middle. Yeah. An egg in the middle and a pull-apart bread. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it actually looks really good. So maybe drop us a comment, too, if you have ever partaken in the tradition of Easter bread. Uh, so, traditionally, the practice of eating Easter bread or sweetened communion bread traces back to the uh, back to Byzantine and the Orthodox Christian tradition. So the Orthodox tradition. So this is mostly, most likely going to be Eastern Make European some Easter bread this year, y'all. Yeah, do it. Do that. So, good traditions. We're you know joining in. I wish on the ham weird. The ham's an odd. Now, there is no, a, I'm a ham man. There I is do ham every Easter. I, but Jesus was Jewish, and Jesus wouldn't have eaten well, ham. So why are we doing ham on Easter? That's just always an yeah. odd thing to me. Why don't we do like a lamb shank or something? I don't know. I'm Again, I, I can't remember. But there is some. But I'm going to be making a ham this year. So if you want to stop ham. by for some ham, I'll have some ham. So, <laughs> all right, rolling right along. Um, number nine. Oof. Some countries have unique, now Now here's the one, remember I, I kind of alluded to number nine, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know how, how you'd work this into the message, but uh, number nine, some countries have, and this is bizarre, 
unique Easter-related traditions, such as Sweden's Easter witch tradition, where children dress up as witches and go door-to-door for treats. Uh, somebody got something really confused on the calendar, I, I feel like. Um, and if you're Swedish, I would love an explanation of why we are doing Halloween our Swedish on audience, Easter. Swedish audience, please, help us out. For all of our Swedish audience uh, out there. I mean, that's super interesting because, I mean, that's basically what we do on Halloween. We dress up yeah. and we go door-to-door for treats. So um, it's, it's super unique to think about doing that on Easter. Um, and uh, may, there's got to be some sort of pagan connection to that, you yeah. know, going back to maybe some maybe the Norse religion or something. So we're we're blending religions. We learned, uh, you know, I think in the first series of the year that it's called syncretism. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, while we sometimes may look at other people's traditions as strange, especially when there's a blending of the Christian tradition and the pagan tradition, uh, maybe a good application for us is to just look inward and say, where do we embrace syncretism within our society and taking maybe pagan ideas and blending them in ways that would look strange to other Christians. So, all right, last one. This one article is way too interesting. long yeah, for long me to find the answer. On this one. I'm going to have to read about that but later, though, because I am intrigued. ChatGPT is apparently correct on the Oh, it, it pops up. Sweden's up. Easter witch tradition. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So number 10, last one, and then we'll dive into some content for the message as far as the message is concerned this week. But um, Easter is a movable holiday that can fall anywhere between March 22nd and April 25th, and here's the reason why. It is tied to the, the lunar calendar. Okay. So the lunar calendar is how we set the date. The lunar calendar, I believe, is, is how Passover is set, and so we've got to be connected with Passover. You know, yeah. there's, a certain, there's a specific separation of days between you know, Passover and Easter based upon the fact that we are trying to celebrate you know, on that Thursday evening um, what we believe was the signif- significance of the Passover with that same Thursday evening, Monday, thir- Monday Thursday as well. I don't know if we always hit that correctly or not. I'd have to look and see if that's true. But uh, I don't know. But at any rate, it's set with the lunar calendar, and so we know the phases of the moon change, vary, all that stuff, you know. And, and, yeah. and with a 28-day lunar calendar and a 30 or 30 to 31-day month calendar, except you know, on, on, on February, and then the leap year it's 29. Um, that does kind of mess with things a little bit as far as. And we don't yeah. see that like on Christmas because Christmas is a little bit more arbitrarily chosen All of that December date. December 25th. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. So it, it also, you know, this is one of the reasons sometimes our spring break date, spring break dates can really be messed with around here where we are. You know, I mean, if, <laughs> if Easter can be as early as March 22nd or as late as April 25th, I mean, you're talking about mm-hmm. more than a month span in that, you know, 30, 33, so 31 days in March. So was that 33, 34 days? Uh, span, you know, for what Easter could, you know, where Easter could fall. So, um, I think we're always psyched when we get the Easter that's not on spring break, because mm, it, uh, yes. for the church planning world, it makes it difficult when a lot of folks are going to be out of town. <laughs> it's it is you know, shame on the school system for not consulting us about I, when I know, to yeah, spring break. It's uh, you know we 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 feel <laughs> incredibly slighted. So. All right, so 10, 10 facts, and you know, and yeah, I, I would agree with good, Chad GPT AI. There were some interesting facts about Easter that hopefully were great for a podcast. Yeah. I think interesting for us to, to flesh through and work out. Uh, obviously, I think we're doing too much prep on this yeah, podcast. Too much prep man. on this podcast. We just, just Chad GPT it up GPT. each week. So, all right, let's let's shift to what is genuinely our prep. Um, mm. You know. Uh, ben, on Sunday, you, you, uh, you were talking about Palm Sunday. And so we are talking about Palm um, Sunday, yes. give us maybe just a quick synopsis of, of what you'll be looking at uh, with Palm Sunday as the backdrop. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. um, well, maybe even can I back up one yeah, step yeah, before sure, that? Yeah, you could, uh, sure. Sort of the thought with this, yes. these, the connection between Palm Sunday, Easter, yeah. kind of where we're hoping to go yes, with this. Yes, yes, yes. Um, with me speaking on Palm Sunday, Paul speaking on Easter next week. Um, and kind of the idea, like, well, I guess it was your idea from the start. So do you want to share what your initial kind of thought yeah. was here? And then I'll share the direction. Uh, you know, I think we're, we're looking... We're looking at the identity of Jesus. The question: Who mm -hmm. is Jesus? Yes. You know, um, yeah. even in our Sunday sunrise service, we'll, we'll be looking at a different passage of Scripture than we're looking at on Sunday morning on April 9th. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that sunrise service, you know, I think I think Mark 16 actually, I mean, in the earliest manuscripts, it does end at verse 8, which mm -hmm. seems like a strange and abrupt ending. And then I think there was a second ending added to try to harmonize it with the other mm -hmm. synoptic mm -hmm. gospels later. Um, you know, so if you're not familiar with that, you can go look in your Bible and you'll see that most Bibles do indicate, you know, most early manuscripts do not yeah. have Mark, 9, Mark 16, 9 through 16. So it, I think Mark intentionally ends his gospel at verse 8 because he's wanting us to ask the question, who is this guy? It's provocative. It's provocative. Yeah. You know, who is this Jesus that, that even death is not... Um, even death cannot hold him down. If you're not familiar with it, it ends with this moment, right? right. Like if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it's the women leaving the, the tomb. Of those they have women. seen, like, Jesus is gone. They've spoken with the angel, and they run away terrified. Terrified. And it leaves you, and it just terrified. provokes you to ask, what are you going to do? What is our response yeah. with Jesus? Yeah. That's exactly right. And so we're, we're kind of tapping into that as a... As a broader theme, connected, but you know, not necessarily in a series, as we've said, but you know, asking the question, who is Jesus? And so yes. on Palm yes. Sunday, there definitely is that, um, and Easter will be declaring, you know, we believe that Jesus is the risen yes. King of all creation. Yep. yep. And so we worship not just uh, a guy who was raised fr from the dead; we worship the King of all creation, who death cannot contain, in yes. a sense. And so. Um, you know, so we'll start with Palm Sunday because the question of identity is right at the heart yeah. of, of the story of Palm Sunday as well. Yeah, all perfect. That's good. Good setup there. Yeah. So I'm going to start kind of with this idea uh, for this week's message. We're going to look at this idea of mistaken identity yeah. of Jesus' identity being uh, being confused, and he does this incredible act to show his identity mm. but it still does get yeah. it gets lost misinterpreted Completely on the crowds so mm -hmm. palm sunday we've already talked a little bit about it um i i think it is a story that we get confused that we oversimplify that we mm -hmm. dumb down to the kids version of the story and right. it's just this happy little tale jesus riding a donkey it's cute yeah. and sweet and uh, maybe that's fine for the kids version of the story yeah. But if we're adults and we're still holding on to the kids' version of the story and missing the significance, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Agreed. The kids' version of the story is for kids, um, mm -hmm. and if you're still holding on to that, let's let's let's, let's grow take up a those little ideas bit. deeper. Yeah, yeah. For let's sure. go deeper with it. So that is kind of where we want to start with this, and what is what is really going on in this story? And I think there's a lot going on in this story. Jesus is it. Palm Sunday is a politically charged, radical story of Jesus declaring his true identity mm -hmm. to a misconstrued crowd. Yeah. Um, and in this moment, we see Palm Sunday. Jesus, he has, he's been traveling to Jerusalem. And it's an interesting story because we don't see a lot of moments where Jesus is having this triumphant entry, where the crowds mm -hmm. are 
praising him. They're shouting Hosanna. Like, this has not been Jesus' MO throughout a lot of the Gospels. He's been telling people, like, when they declare, when they say, hey, you're the Messiah, he's been telling them, like, hey, wait, stay quiet. Don't share this yet. Don't tell others. But now there is this moment, this radical moment that's breaking out where something is changing. And he is... He has this triumphant entry. He's coming in, and we've got to look at the background of Israel at this point. Mm. Israel is this nation that has lived in exile for generations now. Like, for about three times as long as our country has been in existence, Israel has been living in exile, which is staggering as you think about this. They have this rich like heritage of this of a nation of having these kings, this wonderful King David, the the monarchy, and mm-hmm. the people are still eagerly awaiting a time when right. this monarchy would be back. Yes. They're expecting this to come back. There's been prophecies that there is going to be a king that's going to come mm-hmm. and they're eagerly awaiting yeah, they reign want, on David's throne. Yeah. 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 They want to be free from this oppression, from this time of living under the harsh oppression of Rome. They want to be free from this and to move back into being their own Mm -hmm. free nation. So then comes Jesus walking onto the scene, claiming to be Mm -hmm. this king. And the people, quite understandably, they misunderstand this. They Mm -hmm. think he's going to be a king like David, like a king like the kings of the world, like this physical emperor. And Naturally, this yeah. triumphant entry, I think, is this moment where Jesus is declaring that I am the king, but they just misunderstand what type of king he's going to be. Even as Jesus mm-hmm. rides in on this donkey, it's kind of this prophetic act that is showing this is who I am riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. This is something that's happened before in mm-hmm. Scripture. This is like actually in multiple moments. There's this moment in First uh, Kings when Solomon is becoming the king and David has David's talked to Solomon. Solomon's going to become the new king of Israel and Solomon comes in. I think he's riding on a donkey or a mule but he's riding into Jerusalem. He's taking this same route Mm. and coming in announcing his Mm -hmm. kingship. So this is something that his Jewish audience would have been pretty familiar with. Mm -hmm. This guy's riding in this triumphant entry. This This means he's announcing his kingship but they just misunderstand the type yeah. of king he's going to be. Yeah, no, and you're right. I mean, the average first century Jew was well better versed in their scriptures than oh, the yeah. average 21st century oh, yeah. Christian. And so they're um, not watching Netflix all no, day. No, many of them had <laughs> giant chunks of scripture yeah. memorized, yeah. especially the pieces in Jesus' day. Um, and it was coming out of the time of the Maccabees and others, where they, they, the, the focus was on this returning yeah. king. And so they had giant chunks of scripture uh, that, that related to the, the, the new and yeah. coming king you know, completely memorized. And, and you're right, I mean, for Jesus to come onto the scene, the first words he preaches that we have recorded anyway are repent. Yeah. For the kingdom of yeah. heaven yeah. is near or at hand, you know, depending on, on, on the, the gospel you're reading. So big time. Yeah. yeah, he's saying the king is here. The king is coming. It's right on. We're right on the, the heels of this. you've got this group of people that's longing for mm-hmm. this new emperor, empire to be set up for Israel to reclaim its place in the yes. world. 
matched with at the same time, there's an existing leader, yes. there's leaders in Jerusalem. So you just imagine this yeah. scene, Jesus, he's coming in like this new king. Mm -hmm. The people are shouting, Hosanna, they're shouting, and Hosanna meaning save us, save yeah. us. Like it, like Rome is ruling yes, over, over us. us. Jesus, yeah. we want you as this new king, please save us. He's coming into town and just the the weight yeah. in this moment, it's so politically charged yes. of like, they think this guy is about to establish a new kingdom. He's about to come in, kick Rome's butt and become the new king. And yeah. it is a moment of yes. mistaken identity. This yes. is not what Jesus was coming to do. And then as we go through the stories of Holy Week, as we mm. move forward, as we see Jesus's crucifixion, as we get to the story of Easter, we are confronted with the fact that Jesus came to be a very different king. Yeah. Like the story of Easter confronts us with who this king really is, who this yep. king is really going to be. It's a king that is just self-sacrificially giving of his life. And he is the king of all authority, but he does this through this act of self-sacrificial death so different than any other king. Yes, yeah. So his power was in his love, not that he was going to take up yeah. arms. And, yeah. and it's not that his, you know, we see that his disciples traveled around with swords from time to time. Obviously, Peter has a sword in yeah. the Garden of Gethsemane and, and uses it in a way that Jesus says, no, 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 if you live by yeah. the sword, Peter you die by the sword. And so, it's going to yes. be a physical empire. He's taking yes. out the sword. He's fighting. And Jesus is like, no, that's not what we're doing yes. here, man. You're missing it. You're missing what my kingdom is. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So just if we real explicitly name the mistaken identity of yeah. Jesus, how would you capture that just in, real quickly in a nutshell. They thought he was... They thought he was going to be a physical, earthly king. Okay. Set up a kingdom to rule through the power of the sword, through might. Yeah. And that's not what Jesus So reestablish the kingdom of Israel, knock out the yeah. puppet king, you know, the, the Herods who yeah. were sellouts in the minds of many, mm -hmm. the, the, especially the Jewish purists. Mm -hmm. And so... So they thought one thing, Jesus was very much an, another thing. And of course, we don't do that today, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I think we do <laughs> okay. all the time. Okay. And it is it is so easy for us to point fingers at people yeah. like, I, man, I've heard just in so many conversations, I've done it myself, I haven't just heard it, I've done it myself. I've read through the gospels mm. and I've been like, Peter, you're so dense, how do you not understand who right. Jesus is coming to be? And like, when we read these stories, we think the people are just ridiculous. How can you? Not understand what Jesus is doing. But first off, I think we're missing some of the historic backing of why they would think yeah. Jesus is going to be this way. But we're also missing the fact that we do it all the time. Yeah, We do this same thing. There, there is a tendency that we do all the time that we tend to conform Jesus into the image of the Jesus that we want him to yeah, be. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's this story I read about from uh, professor, uh, professor at Western Seminary, uh, Scott McKnight, and yeah. he has this, um, this survey that he'll often do with his students like on the first day of class in some of his classes mm -hmm. where he will survey some of his students and he asks a lot of questions about Jesus, about Jesus' personality. What was Jesus like? Was Jesus angry? Was Jesus moody? Was Jesus depressed? Was Jesus like all these different like personality mm -hmm. traits of Jesus? And he has the students answer this survey and then he goes through and does a second survey and it's the questions mm. are similar but they're they're more about them. Are you? What's your personality mm. like? 
And Scott McKnight observes that the majority of times when he does this, the students, yes. like their understanding of what Jesus was like mm. matches their personality. Yeah. And what happens is that we conform Jesus into the image of us rather yes. than conforming ourselves into the image of Jesus. Yeah. No, so we right. think, and Jesus does identify with us. So like there is maybe an impulse there that is correct to mm -hmm. see Jesus as being human like me. Mm -hmm but we take it a step too far and yeah. we say, oh, Jesus is just like me. He believes in the same things right. I believe that. He holds um, my political values. He yes. holds my social values, yes. my cultural values, yes. And maybe at times we have to think that if your version of Jesus would vote for all the same things you would vote for, he'd believe all the same <laughs> things you'd yeah. believe, he'd represent all the same things culturally, politically. If your version of Jesus would do all that, is it possible that you're doing the same thing? You're conforming yes. Jesus into your image rather than going the opposite way around. Because yeah. Jesus constantly challenges culture, challenges people yes. on their preconceptions. And if you think he would agree with everything you think, yeah. you're possibly are conforming him into yeah, your image. I think there's only two possibilities there, right? One, if Jesus agrees with you on everything you think, then you're either so perfectly conformed to the image of Jesus that, that you have reached this plane of existence that the rest of us are just never, we're just yeah. never gonna catch up with you. You're leagues ahead of us and, uh, and we ought to be following you as your disciple at that point in time. Uh, or the other possibility, which I think you're uh, speaking to, I think quite correctly, that we're taking Jesus and making him in our image. You know, I think the first time I ever heard this said, and I'm sure others have said it too, kind of a clever twist of phrase, if I can remember exactly, how it was said, and it was said, I heard it from John Piper, mm -hmm. uh, who said, you know, in the beginning, God made us in our image, in his image. Mm -hmm. And since that time, we have been trying to conform God to our image, mm. you know? So since that time, that's you good. know, that's, even if you look at Romans one, um, what, what Paul is saying about the, the type of idolatry that we engage in is yeah. that we take, yeah. We take things and we take things and make idols out of them, and it's you know instead of worshiping the Creator, we start worshiping creation, whether it be us or some sort of animal or some something else. You know, we're worshiping creation instead of the Creator, and that's the type of idolatry we can still engage in uh, today. You know, it's a, my friend David Young wrote a book called King Jesus and the Beauty of mm -hmm, Obedience Based mm -hmm. Discipleship, and he talks about this concept of fuzzy Jesuses in there, <laughs> and he talks about a fuzzy Jesus that exists on either side of the political extreme. Right, mm -hmm. so that's a that's a thing, um, you know. I, I think beyond that, there's there's the fuzzy Jesus that that I remember, um, you know, probably in my college days, and it became really popular. In fact, I remember a lot of people my age wearing around shirts that Jesus is my homeboy shirt, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know. And and in that, you know, I think the attempt initially was to say. Uh, Jesus is relatable, you know, I think that in Hebrews, you know, we don't have a high priest who can't identify with us. He can identify with us in every way. Yeah. That's why he became yeah. human, yes. But that does not mean that Jesus is your homeboy. In yeah. fact, there's something I think really skewed when we start to think about Jesus as our, as our homeboy. Mm -hmm. You know, what Jesus is, is the Lord of all creation, 100%. He's, he is relatable as our brother, as our you know, fellow human being who was at the same time very God of very God. And so, um, but, but we do have this tendency to do exactly what the crowd did, um, you know, that day on Palm Sunday to, to say, this is what we think you should be. Yes. 
Uh, any any and other examples are, that you have of that or any? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think there's different types of Jesus that we try to conform him into. As mm-hmm. I was thinking about this, and I think there's there's Sunday Jesus. There's this Jesus that like, hey, he's just this guy who mm. we see on Sundays. He's at church. Yeah. He's pretty cool. We sing some songs to him, but it doesn't really go further than that. Right. He's just this guy that does some cool stuff. We worship on Sunday, and that's about it. He's a buddy I see once a week. There's okay. the morality police Jesus that he's mm. just about like he's just about live this good moral life and if you do that you're fine just mm-hmm. as long as you don't have sex before marriage as long as you don't cuss don't do mm. these things like you got these little moral codes and that's it that's all Jesus wants from you is just to follow these yeah. little pieces of morality and you're good is that and is that Jesus who reinforces say, our tendency of le- to, toward legalism sometimes? Yeah, I, th- for, I think okay. so. Okay. Yeah, it's not to say those things are wrong. Like, yeah, those yeah. are good. Jesus wants you to be a moral person, but he's a lot bigger than that. Yeah. He's the king. For like, sure. it's a lot bigger than just a moral code. Yeah, that's good, Ben. Uh, there's prosperity, Jesus. This Jesus that some versions of this Jesus wants you to be rich. And you'd say, Jesus wants you to be rich. He wants you to be prosperous. Mm. But then there's other versions of prosperity Jesus that just says that it's not necessarily rich, but I just want you to have a really good life. I want your life to be the best it can possibly be. Go follow your dreams. Live this all out. It's this version Mm. of Jesus that he helps me. He enables me to live this good life, live out this American dream. But not really to be self-sacrificial of yes. myself, not to surrender, um, and it's nor to be prosperous. Like self-actualization. Yeah, there's a genie yeah. in the bottle, Jesus, that, hey, I'm just going to go to when I need something. Mm-hmm. I've got this wish I need fulfilled. Like, I've got this prayer request. Yeah. I'm just going to come and see you when I need this thing done that I can't do myself. Otherwise, I'm going to leave you off to the side, but I'm going to visit you when I need this done. And then, now we might start step on some toes with these last two a little bit. Uh, there's social justice Jesus. Yeah. The Jesus, he's out, he's out in the marches every day. He's out yeah. in the streets. He's fighting for social justice. He is fighting against the fascists of our government. Mm. He's waving the pride flag. He's all for inclusion. Mm. And he's out in the streets fighting for this. And the thing about so many of these Jesuses that is gets really deceptive is that there might be a nugget of truth there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Jesus does stand up for the marginalized. Yes. But it's not in our and version. Jesus does care about justice. He does clearly. care for justice. But it's not in our version of social justice. Yeah. It's not, mm. I, I don't know that Jesus would be out in the streets in the marches that we have today. And that's not the only thing he cares about, too. Yeah. It's not just this. Mm-hmm. Then there's your Christian nationalist Jesus. Yeah. Your Jesus yeah. that he is fighting to win America back for God. Yeah. He wants America first. He's wearing the hats and he's out there trying to bring America back for God, bring us back under this Judeo-Christian system and he's fighting for America. And yeah. It's not the Jesus I see in no, scripture. No, and, and again, some truth in in the fact that Jesus who wants to see a revival in our nation more than Jesus? Yeah. No one. No one. But... But he's not trying to do it right. through the power of the government. That's right. It's through yeah. people. It's Amen. not through the government. Through each individual disciple. That's so good, Ben. Thank you for stepping on our toes with those, by the way. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. I, mean, I, I, think, I, think, I think we need our toes stepped on yeah. um, from time yeah. to time when we're laying down palm branches for the wrong reason. Yeah. You know? um, so, okay. Um, I, I think you're spot on with all of that. What, what is, 
our application again, practice makes faithful. Yeah. What, what should we be practicing for a more faithful response to the real Jesus? What, yeah. what, what would you have us do this week? Yeah. If you're going to follow Jesus, follow the real Jesus. Mm -hmm. Don't follow these fake versions. Mm -hmm. Don't just maybe give your life, follow the pursuit of any of these fake versions that don't fully encompass who he is. Let's follow the real Jesus. And if mm -hmm. we want to know who he really is, we've got to look at that in the Word. Mm -hmm. We've got to look at who he says he is. So. My challenge this week would really be to dive into these stories. This yeah. last week of Jesus' life, dive into this. And let the story of Easter confront your conception of who Jesus well, is. that's good. Let the story of Easter confront that. And I think it's challenging to all of us mm -hmm. that this story is so subversive that the king of the universe would choose to become a human and would come here and give himself over to the existing power of the government and would die at their hands. Mm. That story is really subversive. And I think when we really stop and we read that and when we meditate on that, I think it confronts any false Jesuses yeah. that we've been believing, that we've been following, and it paints a very different picture of who this Jesus is. So my challenge to you this week is to read these stories, yep. to meditate on it. Yep. Start with Palm Sunday, just read over these stories this week. Spend time meditating on it. Yeah, that's great. And again, if you need some guidance and help in that, remember, we're gonna be pushing out these yes. devotionals on yes. the Grace Chapel social media accounts. Um, Facebook mm -hmm. um, is where you can go and find those both on the Facebook members group if you're here at Grace Chapel or our page, mm -hmm. both they're, mm -hmm. published there. Uh, also sending out the emails that will be pushing those devotional thoughts out. Um, those are great guides that will help lead you through kind of the pathway of yes. this, final, uh, this final week, this Holy Week, this Easter week, um, and then into this moment of resurrection yes. where you know, uh, Jesus' triumphal entry, his yes. real triumphal entry, was the moment he stepped out of that empty tomb. And so, um, and, and there will be another moment of triumphal entry that we're looking forward to when he mm -hmm. comes mm -hmm. back um, to, to take us to be with him, you know, to, so we meet him in the air. We then come with him in this mm -hmm. procession. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, yes, you know, spend time this Easter week um, yeah. really contemplating the true identity of Jesus and then asking that question as well. Am I remaking him into something that he just yes. plainly is not? Can I really follow and worship uh, the real Jesus for all he is? So, Ben, thank you ben. for this. Really thank you. good. Yes. Uh, we, we appreciate you so much you all joining us this week. We know a lot is going on. We hope this uh, helped you take a step forward in your relationship with God and moving more toward faithfulness uh, in yes. the things that you put into practice every week. We, uh, especially this week, we want to say God bless you all. Uh, this mm -hmm. Easter week, and we look forward to celebrating Resurrection Sunday with you.